meeting. You can tell. If you click that, will it actually just shut everything down and kick you out? So many bruises. Probably. I wonder if it will tell you. Are you sure? Oh, it just kicks you you out of the meeting. That's all it does. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 50 of the Bruise Day podcast, where I'm joined by Andy and Rob. Guys, 50 episodes in feels like somewhat of an accomplishment. How are we feeling? Josh, I need more energy from you because you just said this is our 50th episode. Congratulations. Josh, it it's 50 episodes. It's 50. 50. 50. 50. 50. It's a lot of Say hours. it, Josh. F-I-F-T-Y. 50. 50. 50. Yeah, Fitty episodes we, in. I had to repeat the spelling in my head just to make sure that you got that right. But Andy, yeah, you 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 did it right. Spelled it right. 50, oh. 50, <laughs> 50, 50 episodes in. Yes, I can spell 50. F-I-F-T-Y. Yeah, that's that's the big accomplishment. Math is hard, today. but spelling Math. is not. Spelling is not. Well, spelling at times is hard. If you're spelling a large word. <laughs> well, for a big... try to play Scrabble. Exactly. Yeah. Let's let's be careful when we get to 100. Oh yeah, Ooh, that, yep, big nope. words come at a hundred. We we learn we learn bigger words. But for the fiftieth, we are going to keep it simple. Uh, drink some great beer and talk about some favorite sports stadiums. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, let's jump in. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. What a sizzle! It was a good crack. I only heard two cracks, so it was either me and someone else at the same Unison. time, or the you two went at the same time. I mean, I think I, it was just a week or two of a recording time ago that we had like a perfect unison crack. Yeah, where you only heard one. There was only one. We're just getting really good. We should just we, we just can't take any time off. Exactly. So for our cheers beer of the week this week, we are drinking an Outcross Hopsteiner. 17701 Experimental. Hope I got that right. That's what's printed on my can. It is an IPA by Single Hill out of Yakima. So thank you, Andy, for sending us another Washington beer. You're welcome. It's a 6.3% ABV, 45 IBU. Um, at the time that I wrote this, and it may be incorrect at this point, there were actually only 62 check-ins, uh, but with an average of 3.96. So it's definitely up there. So taking a look at the beers description, this is definitely their experimental collaboration series. Andy, I know you've mentioned that they come out with these from time to time and kind of go all over the place. Taking a look, they are mostly trying to pull some peach and apricot flavor, uh, sort of using a a variety of experimental hops that they don't necessarily list here. So we can uh, sort of define what, what we feel this, this tastes like so long as we, we get that peach and apricot flavor. I'll throw it to to one of you uh, who's who's maybe had a sip or two. What are you? What are you feeling so far? I'll, I'll kick it off, Josh. I'm getting a good amount of a good amount of bitterness. So you're saying it's only 45 IBU. I'm a little surprised by that number because I'm I would think it's closer to like the 60 range. Six point. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't taste too kind of boozy. So I think the 6.3 is pretty spot on. I can't say that I'm getting the peach or apricot. I'm really getting up front just a lot of bitterness and some kind of piney and, and earthy flavoring. But I would say that we're also experimenting this because this was released and canned back in February. And so we're, we're about half a year late on this one. So granted, it's been in my fridge for a long time. So it's just been keeping cool in the can and out of the light. But uh, I'm not really getting a peach or any apricot. Rob, are you? Well, that's hard to say because... I'm not drinking the 17701. I'm actually drinking the 15598. Oh, it is experimental. Interesting. So, yeah. So this is, and, and Josh, I think you mentioned this. They they use their three-vessel experimenter to brew identical beers except for the experimental dry hop. I am getting, this is pretty dry to me. I think the bitterness over, overall is is kind of very mild. Uh, there is a little bit of an herbal taste and and like kind of like a little spice to it. So yours is, yours is nail in the description that we yeah, got on the can. Is your name Nikolai? Because yeah. that, uh, it's pretty spot on with what's on the can here, Rob. Oh, <laughs> well then. All right. How about that? Yeah. So uh, look, it's very mild, I'd say overall, but it's, it's also, I don't know if that's because this is somewhat aged 
<laughs> it was canned in February 2021 or because uh, that's how they designed it. What was your can date, Rob? February, February 2021. All right. So yeah, we're all, we're all in the same boat age-wise. I am drinking the 17701. So I have the same one as Andy that, uh, that had the peach and apricot. I, I do get that bitterness up front that you mentioned, Andy, which to be fair, I think is super impressive from a February can date, having held on to it this long. I do actually get some slight, I don't necessarily want to say that it's like peach and apricot mix, but maybe it's a bit more of the apricot in like a very tame aftertaste um, that brings a little bit of fruit flavor, but it, it's really mild. I, I can't even define the, the fruit that I'm getting, uh, but I do get a little bit of that towards the end. And, and I wouldn't say that that's any fault of the spirit. I think it is, has more to do with the, the length that it has had in my refrigerator. Yeah, I mean, the only like flavor I always associate with bitterness and as it relates to fruit is going to be grapefruit, mm -hmm. just because grapefruit's pretty like bitter fruit, but I'm not even getting that. I'm not getting anything, anything resembling fruit after the bitterness. Like it, it just kind of lingers slowly. I do appreciate that the bitterness lingers. It's so it's not just like a kind of stop once you're done with each sip, it does kind of stay with your mouth. So I, I do appreciate the mouthfeel. I like that the bitterness lingers on this one, but I'm not really getting the peach or apricot. I'm also getting that kind of lingering bitterness taste, even though it's somewhat mild. Uh, I'm getting that as well. I think it's pretty um, good. I mean, I'm, are, are, do you think we're ready to jump to a rating yet for that, each of us? That's what I was about to say is I think jumping into a rating, knowing the candidate, knowing what I'm tasting, what they are going for. I, I do think even at this time that it's still a, a good beer and I'm, I probably would have been higher having this fresh, uh, but I'm, I'm still at like a four. All right. That's a, I'm pretty spot on with like where I'm going. I'm like, I would drink this again even if it was aged six months, yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> like that's how good it is. So um, yeah, I think I'm probably right around a four with you, Josh. So just, just a lid, just a tinge above the average. Rob, what about you? I would also agree it's six months old. Uh, I'm actually really impressed with how the flavors held. Uh, I really wish I could have tried this fresh. I think I'm going above a four because I feel like it's uh, I am going to throw out some kudos for being it's six months old at this point. So are so you gonna... giving it the rating? Are you giving it a bump because it's still good this long after being canned? Or are you giving it a higher rating because you think it would have been better had you drank it earlier? Good question. I'm giving it a 4.1 because I really like the beer, but I also am going to throw in some kudos because I appreciate the fact that it's six months old. Does that provide any clarity Bones to points? Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. I think I think I'm giving it a four, literally based on what I'm tasting, and I have a feeling that if I had it fresh, it would probably be like a four, two, four, three. Yeah. Well, let me see if uh, obviously you guys are coming up here, and then just I mean, it's getting closer, closer 50, by the day. Fifty days. So. Fifty days. <laughs> oh no, we're at fifty we days. Got right. We got countdown. So maybe I'll see if I can get one now, so it's less than two <laughs> months old. Yeah. Fifty days. Yeah, no, we're we're fast approaching. It was a hundred days last time we, uh, we <laughs> joked about this. <laughs> wow, time really got to start playing more golf when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need and, to get some golf clubs, fellas. And, <laughs> yes, and, and, and I did golf. do a ten k, so I'm working on the I'm working on yeah, the distance. congrats on the ten k. Working on the distance, and and just so everyone, yeah, just to fill everyone in, fifty days until we're all together playing a. Very tough golf course together. That you have to walk approximately 10 miles on because you can't, there's no golf carts. Unfortunate. Can we bring our own? Is this like a no. BYOGC? Bring your own scooter. If, if you, if you brought your, your own, own it, it's so steep, you'd probably just crash into the ocean. I think that's, that's partially the reason they don't allow it. <laughs> bring multiple BYOGCS. Sure. <laughs> or just like a golf ride a little more. <laughs> yeah so let's let's go ahead and jump into our, our really our main topic today so having just watched uh, a bit of the closing ceremonies my wife and I got somewhat into the Olympics I wouldn't say as much as previous years but we did watch a bit of it I also got relatively into the gold cup uh, which the U.S. just won and got got super into that and honestly it just sort of made me excited to get back into a stadium atmosphere 
And that's really sort of the, the, the topic for today. And, and to get right to the point, you know, what are some of the, your favorite stadiums to go and enjoy a beer at and, and a little bit on, on why? Andy, I'll, I'll kick it off with you. So being from Los Angeles, I'm just going to go real hometown on this, but I'm going hometown because it is truly my favorite, one of my favorite places to drink a beer and one of my favorite stadiums and it's Dodger stadium and it's Dodger stadium specifically in the nosebleed seats. Like we're talking like top level. If you sit in the last row of the upper deck behind home plate, you can most of the time look forward and see the entire game. And then if you look behind you, you can see the downtown skyline plus, depending on time of day, the sunset and almost all the way to the ocean, depending on how bad the smog is. So nosebleed seats at Dodger Stadium is my absolute favorite stadium to drink a beer in, favorite seats to drink a beer in. I know it's very like hometown, but that is like a love that I have. And I think it, you know... My personal preference is as I'm always going to lean more towards stadiums that are open air for beer drinking yeah. than than inside. So like hockey, basketball, I'll drink a beer, but it's just a different atmosphere when it's it's enclosed versus open air. Yep, sunshine. Exactly. So open air, Dodger Stadium, nosebleeds. I'm with you. The the only downside of the nosebleed Dodger Stadium seats is I think two beers runs you close to $50. Okay, Josh, I wasn't going to go into the cost. That wasn't part of the question. True. You didn't say what's the cheapest, best beer place to go drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, where's the most affordable place to go grab a solid beer? Absolutely no stadiums we're going to talk about today fit in that category. Yeah, if I want to sit on the top row and just drink endless micheladas, Josh, just let me waste all my money. (laughs) I'm there with you. I will waste my money along right alongside you. Rob, what do you got? I am not going to be there with you guys because I'm not going top row at the Dodger Stadium to grab, you know, some micheladas. I'm going to my hometown, PNC Park. I'm, even though I grew up with Three Rivers Stadium, PNC Park is there now. And I'm going to, it doesn't matter exactly where, but I'll tell you what, I'm going third base side. Good choice. I'm going to grab an Iron City and it could be, it could be top level or it could be right it could be first row doesn't matter i'm going third base sides that i've got a great view of the city looking out you can also see it from the first base side too so don't get me wrong but i think andy i think the reason you chose dodger stadium is the same reason i'm choosing pnc park is everyone has an affinity to their hometown right and i i i will say that i've been to a bunch of different stadiums but I've yet to find a stadium that has a beer list that makes me want to go back to that stadium because of that beer list. I'm drawn to that stadium, not because of their beer list, but because they're the hometown team. And that's who I want to cheer for. I'm going with an iron city. I'm sitting in an, in PNC park. I'm not only going to be watching the pirates, man, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope they win, but I <laughs> I recognize who I'm cheering. Does anyone for here. even watch the game in PNC? Do they just drink? <laughs> no, I was well. So that's my second part of my story here, or my my uh, what I'm looking for. I'm gonna go on fireworks night so that at least there you go. I'm there for a show. Yeah, something something will perform. Something. Rob, I will concede <laughs> that PNC is my favorite stadium of Major League Baseball, like more so than Dodger Stadium because of the the views that you get from anywhere in pnc park i've never had a beer inside pnc i briefly saw a portion of a game back in 2012 but didn't have a beer and so i can't say i've had a beer there but that is my favorite stadium in major league baseball pretty amazing the beer it, it oh the beer, the beer, the beer. <laughs> well when you, the when, stadium's when, amazing the beer's amazing the baseball okay it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> depends on the day yeah. Josh, what about you? So Andy uh, and, and Rob, you're both aware. I, like you, Andy, am a Dodgers fan. You know, Dodger Stadium is certainly up there for the atmosphere and, and from growing up there. The one thing I got to do a couple of times was go down to actually Petco Park. 
And I would usually go when the Dodgers were playing the Padres. This was a few years ago. The Padres were always terrible. They're, they're much better now, but they used to be terrible. And you could sort of go down, enjoy an almost guaranteed Dodger victory while drinking Ballast Point Pizza Port. They essentially bring in all these different breweries from across, you know, everything. And, and just the San Diego atmosphere sort of lends itself well to Petco Park, where it's not all about the baseball. But I don't know if you've both been there's sort of all sorts of other things going on that you can go and check out while a baseball game is going on or before and after. So to me, kind of the mix of the atmosphere, the really good beer, and I can almost guarantee going to watch a Dodger victory, those sort of all combine to, to being a really great day at like a baseball stadium. It's outdoor well, as well, Andy, to your point. Yeah, Josh, I was going to, I was when I first saw that you wrote Petco, I was almost going to be like, give me your LA card back because you don't deserve no, no, it No, no, there's no, yeah, there's a very good reason. But if you're going for a Dodger game, it's it's like almost like a second home. Yeah, you can, <laughs> like you can take a so train, many, you can take there's the train. There's so many LA fans down there. Like I went yeah. to a game, I think in like, you know, many years ago down when Petco was like pretty new and it is a great stadium atmosphere. Again, great location in San Diego, right near downtown, right near Gaslamp. To your point about having Ballast Point, Pizza Pour, like so many great local craft beers. I mean, San Diego is arguably a beer mecca in the U.S. just based off of like its history with craft beer. So I I now approve of the selection, but at first I was a little wary. You were worried. Yeah, you were worried somehow I became a San Diego fan. You know, it's interesting. We all, all three of us chose uh, baseball stadiums, even though that wasn't part of the question, was it? open air no it's got it's, it's open there's something about beer and baseball it just they they are like peanut butter and jelly they go, they go together. together yeah you're right i think there's so many other sports though that just to some for some reason the the slow pace of baseball like is yeah. just like made for beer drinking like other sports basketball is like really like fast pace football is like a lot of stop stop and start arguably soccer is slower than baseball but there's always a lot of fan engagement in soccer. So you're, you're moving a lot. You're talking a lot baseball. Like you can just sit, chill, and enjoy a beer. It's just, it's very different from every other sport. And a lot of people argue against the speed of the game and that the slow pace is what turns them away from it. But that's part of what really draws me in. I enjoy that. I mean, Andy, that that's sort of why I, I kind of had a backup, which was Arizona. And and I assume that Florida is probably very similar, but like Arizona spring training games. I don't know if you both went while you were at ASU. Um, I went. I still typically will, will try to go, you know, a season to a season. Um, but there's something about the really like laid back atmosphere. And there's a decent amount of craft beer in Arizona that comes into some of those spring training games. To me, that's one of the, the like best you know, baseball atmospheres is, is watching, catching some of the spring training and not necessarily having to watch every single pitch, but just being in that like atmosphere of, of spring training baseball. You know, and I, I guess I will say this like phenomenon that is, it seemed, well, at least for me seems to be new, but it, I think it's been around for a couple of years. The cup snake that seems to be making its way around the baseball (laughs) stadiums is pretty insane. Like that, it is awesome to see. Um, I really enjoy watching that on uh, on uh, ESPN ESPN when they show them. Yeah, it's like uh, number eight. It's amazing. Got a new record. I'm sure they're trying to petition for like a world record of, of cup stacking but some pretty some stadiums gonna some stadiums gonna take that some of them have been estimated to be over 2,000 cups that's insane ain't very expensive yeah holy to, i mean yeah josh talking point. about spending all your <laughs> yes, money on talking, beer. <laughs> beer that's a lot of cups you need like a section to participate in that yeah all right so i'm gonna throw one more question before we jump into to some more more of the like future opinionated stuff is there a stadium, and, and I have a feeling looking at some of our notes, Rob, you and I might be similar on this. Is there a stadium you have not been to, but you either have an assumption or you actually know that they have just an amazing beer list? Josh, I'll let you actually say yours first because I'm, I'm curious what I, I've got a couple in mind, but I'm curious what, what yours is that you think. So I have not been to 
sticking with baseball, I don't know why. That's just the the way that I, I headed. But like a Seattle Mariners game, I just assume, and I know that we're about to take a trip up there to visit Andy. I just assume that they pull the greatest selection of beer known to mankind. I've seen a few articles that sort of back that up and, and mention that they partner with a few local brewers. Um, I, I think it would be amazing to, to catch a Mariners game and just see what they had to offer in that stadium up there. I had two listed it as my, <laughs> I guess, want to go list and, and knew that that was the one you were referring to completely agree. Seattle, um, at least from what I've read as well, they really feature a lot of local craft beers and it, it's um, I'm also really intrigued to, to go test out uh, their, their beer list as well as, you know, watch a game in, in Seattle. The other one that I want to call out is Detroit Tigers. And the only reason I, want, I mentioned this one is I've had bells too hearted many times, but just the fact that Detroit features bells too hearted is, is really awesome. I know it's a local beer, although you know, it's, it's a Michigan beer. I just, I just think it's awesome that, uh, that they're featuring it and it's, it's, uh, such a great IPA. It's an aggressive beer to feature. Like most places feature like a blonde or a lager or like something where their fans aren't going to get obliterated and Detroit just like, no, we're featuring an IPA. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Andy, have you been to a Mariners game? Can you confirm? I have. I went to a Mariners game earlier this year and they're, what I will can I will I will say they do have a they have great beer selections. They have a few actually like Hop Valley Brewing, which is based in Washington. They have a couple like specific locations that serve multiple Hop Valley uh, beers, but just in general, they have a great selection of craft beer. However, I will say if you've lived in the Pacific Northwest and your goal is to drink unique beers only, like it is for me now, it won't be not great because I've had most of the beers, but for you guys, if you end up going to a game and wink, wink, nudge, nudge, there's a games the weekend we're here, you will be able to get check-ins and you will get some local, some great local craft beer. So I can confirm. I went to a game earlier this year. Yes, there's great beer. Andy, you have lived in and been to a lot of amazing beer cities. What is what is on your list of, of would like to have? I'm going with a city that I used to live in, and that was Austin, Texas. And this is the first season that they have an MLS team. So Austin FC, they play in Q2 Stadium, which is kind of like the north end near the domain area of Austin. So kind of like North Austin, not really outside of the city boundaries yet, but pretty close to like the edge of Austin. However, there that is like close to one of the brewery districts in Austin, and there is a brewery virtually across the street called Hop Squad Brewing that hosts like viewing parties, and that's just that's just a brewery nearby. They have a great like local brewery, like local tap list of from breweries in Austin, and I'm you know I. I hope one day I can get back to Austin to go to a game. I think it would be really cool to go there. Austin, that's Austin's first professional sports team. Yeah. They have minor league baseball, they have minor league hockey, they have minor league basketball, but this is their first like kind of top tier professional sport in the U S. And so they're definitely going all out Austin FC. I've, I keep following them and I, one day I hope to get back there and catch a game. Knowing a decent amount of people who live in Austin, I feel like everybody is going to really get behind something like a soccer team versus some of the other sports is just like it also being quirky and, and a little bit different than just having a basketball team. Yeah. I mean, just following them and, you know, I haven't really been following in terms of like how they've done in terms of their win loss record, but I do follow them on social media. I do see a lot of like the fan groups and, and follow them as well. And just, it does seem like the the city of Austin has really embraced the fact that they have they now have a pro sports team and it's an MLS and and they're just loving it. So let's let's jump to sort of a bigger question, which is whether or not you all see craft beer options continuing to grow in stadiums and stadiums embracing that, or if you think they will likely tend to stick to those like bigger beer options that can give them the volumes they probably need to, to give an entire stadium beer. Well, I, Josh, I'm going to just say that I think that big beer is not leaving because they have the money for sponsorships. So even Seattle's 
newest NHL team, the Kraken, they signed a sponsorship with one of the big breweries as like the official beer. Yeah. So there, it's very rare that you're going to see an official beer or a large partnership with a sports team that's going to be craft. It's going if it's craft, it's one of the big craft sure. that's owned by Coors, AB Bev, like one of those. But I, I would say over the last 10 years, I've seen, and I think we've all seen a huge shift in offerings at stadiums. And so I think craft beer is probably, may not be taking a like larger, they may end up getting to a point where they're kind of like, they don't take up enough like percentage of sales, but they are taking up a vast majority of taps. Right. And maybe it's because teams are adding taps to accommodate these different beers and different tastes, but you're never going to not see the big beer available. However, you are going to see more craft options available. So the, the big craft, the big beers may always dominate, but the door has been kicked open for craft. And, I love that. Cause I, I don't think yeah. we necessarily need to get rid of taps, but like the addition of taps and giving everybody more options seems, seems awesome to me. Rob, what are your, what are your feelings on it? No, I, I agree with that. I, th- I think, the, there's a couple different points to this. I think stadiums are going to look for something that's popular and moving, and they're going to they're going to rely on their distributors to help sell them on what those products are. That being said, I completely agree with Andy that money is going to help, and sponsorships are going to help fund the the tap space. I, I guess, long story short, I think big beer is going to continue to play a large part. The one thing I'll add is what I have found now living in a couple cities that really only focus on minor league sports, you're going to get more craft offerings in smaller markets because they want to cater more to the local city. Like Austin, as big as Austin is, it's never had a pro sports team until this recent MLS team. So it's only ever had minor league sports. And so you're going to the stadium and obviously Austin is a huge craft beer city. So right. they want to cater to that local market. And now living in Tacoma, going to minor league sports here, you know, I can go up to Seattle and go to Mariners, Seahawks, and hopefully soon the Kraken. That's probably where you're going to find big beer more than you would find at these smaller markets because they want to cater to what's local. And they want to promote local businesses. So I think smaller markets and minor league sports probably have really helped craft beer grow in stadiums because, you know, there's, you know, smaller market, smaller requirement for money and sponsorships, and you're just able to get local offerings more frequently. Yeah. And I mean, if, if it's a minor league thing, especially you have relatively affordable entry fees and you can give people the craft beer that they would go enjoy without that live entertainment somewhere, it, it's a huge selling point. Andy, to that point, I would sort of hope that some of that mentality, obviously not all of it, because as, as you both mentioned, money is kind of driving a lot of this. I would hope some of that mentality comes over to some of the bigger markets. And I guess my last question, because because I have something in mind thinking of like Dallas, the, the Mavericks and the Stars wishing that they would bring in some of the smaller breweries, something like an odd muse, something else like more local to the like DFW area. Is there a, a local brewer you would love to see get carried at sort of your, your local stadium? Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off first. So there's a brewery that uh, really just started up at a, at a Fort, Fort Worth, although, you know, it has history of being over 200 years old, really just started producing at a Fort Worth and that's uh, Yingling. Uh, it'll go on sale uh, August 23rd in the, in the Dallas area. I was, like, I was, I was literally Dallas. thinking, Rob, I got to stop okay. you because I was like, what brewery, like, is Dallas, is the Dallas area so, even 200 years I, old? I would really, no. I would really just love to see uh, uh, the Dallas Stars featuring uh, Yingling. Dallas Cowboys uh, sponsored by Yingling. That'll go dude, over super well. Whenever the, whenever and, the and if, they could, if they could really feature, you know, uh, Yingling, Everywhere. On January eighth, twenty twenty two, when when oh. the Penguins are playing at the Stars, you'll, you'll be in Dallas. Oh, that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, okay, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. That seems but very it, personal. Yeah, but, but Rob, you know. since it's using Texas water, is it even going to be Ooh. Yingling Different. at that point? Mm-mm. 
or would it Lang. be like a Yangling? Like Yangling. <laughs> That's what However, we should call it. Texas. <laughs> so yeah, it'll that, probably be please. a Yangling. Y'all ever okay. had one of them Yanglings? <laughs> That's exactly it. Andy, do you have any suggestions that are a little bit maybe less personal to uh, an event that's coming up for you? Yeah, I mean, living in Tacoma, I mean, the, the, I will I will say the the minor league teams in Tacoma, the uh, Rainiers for baseball, the Defiance for uh, minor league men's soccer, and then the OL Reign for women's professional soccer. They their stadium, Cheney Stadium, does a great job of of bringing in local beers. They also bring in beers from Seattle, but there are a few breweries that well, I'll say two breweries that I wish they would add to their offering. And that's E9 and wet coast. And E9 is based in Tacoma. Wet coast is based in gig Harbor, which is just across the narrows bridge from Tacoma. I'm a big fan of their beer have visited E9 have not yet been to wet coast, but drove by just the other day and just was like, kind of like waving to it as I drove by. So I want to get there. But I, I just want them to expand their offerings to just more local breweries. But those are just those are two of many local breweries that I wish they would add at Cheney Stadium. With that, we are going to take a quick break and we'll come back with a unique beer of the week, Big Board and Lightning Round. Thank you for checking out the Bruise Day podcast. We got some big news. We are sunsetting our at the Bruise Day Instagram account. So for more content or to leave a comment, follow us on Twitter at the Bruise Day and on Instagram at the Bruise Day Review, where we post daily beer photos and reviews. All right, now back to the show. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. We uh, just cracked our unique beers of the week. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into a description of mine while you guys crack yours open and, uh, and and get some initial sips. I am drinking a West Coast IPA, which is just the title of it, by Untitled Art. I always struggle with the name of their uh, their city. I think it's Wanaki, uh, Wisconsin, but I'm sure somebody from Wisconsin can correct Wanaki. me on that. Wanaki. It's a 7.7% ABV, uh, no IBU listed, only 736 check-ins. Average rating was a 3.94. Honestly, I got a mini fridge. I started filling it up, had a giant variety of beer. And what I've sort of realized is I've been trying so many things that I've been missing some of the beer that I enjoy the most. So this last time that I went to pick up some new beer, I sort of just focused on the things that I really like. And this one, you know, Untitled Art, typically I get a lot of sours from them. So when I saw this West Coast, I was super excited to pick it up. They are focused on Cascade, Centennial, Simcoe, and Cashmere hops, all of which I'm, I'm a big fan of. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting into this just because I, I want to get back to some of that West Coast feel. Rob, what are you drinking? So I have Head High IPA. It's uh, by Kane Brewing Company out of Ocean, New Jersey. It's a 6.6% ABV, 80 IBU, 3.96 average with believe it or not, 47,000 ratings, Damn. which I, I was pretty surprised to see how many ratings they had on this. Description calls for a lot of grapefruit. I will say I got I got some of it on the smell. I got less of it on the taste. I did get uh, a lot more pine on the, on the taste. It does have a very dark or dark orange kind of color to it. Lots of foam. The feel, the mouthfeel of it is much more thin, much, much less than what I was expecting whenever I poured this. It is quite refreshing. And overall, I, I'd say it's it's like just a good IPA overall. There you go. Uh, I was surprised to see that it, it had a 3.96 average, but also not surprised because I would expect this to come right at about a four. I'm probably going to be a little bit north of that just because I feel like this is checking a lot of boxes for me and that yeah. it's it's balanced. It's got, uh, I wish it had a little bit more bitterness having that 80 IBU to it, but um, I'm probably going to be around a four, 4.1. Um, so whenever we do our ratings, yeah, we can, we can give you a minute or two. Let's uh, let's toss over to Andy. I think he, uh, he can tell us what light beer he is drinking today. I'm drinking the lightest beer you can get. <laughs> it seems like <laughs> I'm drinking Ruben select. It's a lager from Ruben's brews out of Seattle, Washington. This is a brewery that we've yeah. all had beers from before. I have had a lot of beers from them. This is definitely a brewery. We're going to be visiting when you guys all come up here. It's 4.4% ABV, measured 10 IBU, 
So again, shout out to Rubens for calculating the IBU on this. How dare you, Untitled Art, take a 7.7% IPA and not include an IBU? That is that is unfortunate and uncalled for. And I am offended by it. Still really good. But anyway. It's just pretty like a, you know, they they call it in their description a classic pale lager. It's meant to be like refreshing, crisp, clean. The description says they basically like uh, their brewmaster, Adam, wanted a beer for like just a weekend out camping, sit by the campfire, easy drinking lager. And this is what they came up with. And I love it. Uh, it has a 3.78 average on untapped with 297 ratings. I mean, I will say loggers, I feel like have a ceiling of like around three, seven, but yep. this one is good. It was canned in June. So it's only two months old, less experimental than our six month old IPA from earlier in the episode. I'm a big fan of it. It mentions that you make it light notes of honey and a balancing bitterness. With you 10 IBU, that? you're not getting a lot of bitterness. Exactly. But I'm a fan of it so far. I'm definitely going to need a little bit more time to even understand if I can get the honey or give it a rating. So you'll you'll have to come back to me. Yeah, we, we can come back to you. Any my question, because I'm always curious about this, Rubens has a, a good size following. There's only the 297 rating. So I assume it's it's mostly locals who go to Rubens who are enjoying this right now. Is that 378 partially? It's a logger. So I know that the scores are, are typically a little bit lower. Does some of that like three, seven, eight or or above, does that come from just the following and the like belief in, in Rubens's brewery? Possibly. I mean, I'm a fan of this. It's, you know, my first thought when I tried this was like, oh, this is like, this is not my first thought was this is nicer than a Coors Light or Bud Light. There you go. That is typically like the mark that you're starting at with loggers. I know that they may be considered like, a, you know, think of like Miller Lights, a Pilsner, but I mean, light beers, you know, when, when they're that mass produced, there's not much differentiation. This one, I do appreciate. I don't think 378 is, is unrealistic. Rubens is a fantastic brewery. They're, average rating on a tapped across all their beers is a three, eight, seven. So it's close. So there. Yeah. It's not hot. It's not off too far from their average. I mean, they're just a good brewery and they make great beer. Well, I will jump in. I've had a chance to, to get through a, you know, a solid chunk of, of this West coast. I love everything that untitled art does. I think for the most part, they, they make great beer. This one in particular, West Coast, you know, brings something specific to me having grown up in like the Southern California area, drinking a ton of beer there. It has some of the elements of a good West Coast. There's some bitterness that's coming through. You can definitely tell that they matched uh, some, some hops that sort of make sense to go together. They added something, though, or there's something in there that makes it a lot more smooth versus some of the dryness that I would typically associate with a West Coast. So it's not that it is bad in, in any given sort of way. It's just that the smooth bitterness comes off a little bit different than like the high dry bitterness that I'm affect from, from somebody saying that it's just a straight up West Coast IPA. I'm leaning towards a, a 4.1 average rating for my beer. Rob, now that you've had a, a chance to sit on yours, how is the high head IPA kicking in for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I think a 4.1 is a little bit aggressive. I am going to land in a four. I think if you're going to be drinking this, be ready for a, a little bit of a pine kind of feel that's going to linger um, even as you're drinking it. I know that that, that so kind if you, of- Yeah, if you like pine, you might- If you like pine, you're going to love this. And I, I do enjoy pine, but I'm going to drop it down to a four because I'd like to see- You know, it's, it's crazy to say, I, I wish there was a little bit more of a bitterness taste to this, but yet- it has 80 IBU, which really surprises me. Like when I see that 80 IBU, I just wonder, all right, where is it? Like I keep wondering and waiting for it. Um, that said, it, you know, overall, it, you're going to be drinking a very piney beer. I, you know, I was reading through a few comments here as, as you guys were checking in your beers. A lot of people really check in that grapefruit, which I got on the, on the nose, but didn't get a lot of the taste. Yeah, Rob, looking looking at the description of your beer towards the end, there, there's a lot of those like very flavorful descriptions up front. 
I think it's the end piece, and, and maybe this is some of what you're getting that is most intriguing to me, uh, but they sort of talk about their American ale yeast ferments um, that lean more towards like a pilner or like a really light malt um, that gives like a straw slash like crisp flavor, which to me lends itself more to like what Andy's drinking in a lager than maybe an IPA. So it, it feels almost like they split that gap but sort of leaned into the IPA because that's what, you know, consumers are looking for nowadays. Yeah. But I mean, don't be fooled. It's still a 6.6% ABV. Yeah. It's still a giant beer, right? That's it. Andy, you are on the lower scale of that ABV. How, how is the, uh, how's the, the lager kicking in? It's really not kicking in because it's 4.4%. Okay. Well, you got to <laughs> so, drink it faster. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. I need to chug this and multiple others to uh, get anywhere close to the, the two beers that you guys are drinking. I don't get the honey, even notes of it. It has like a good light bitterness. So I understand the balancing bitterness that they mentioned in the description. It's just a, a good, like easy to drink, crisp and clean lager. Again, I, it's, I, I don't know if I can go much higher. I think I'm going to go 3.8. So just a, a tinge above the average. I still think for me personally, a lot of loggers, I have not had one that really like kind of blew my socks off and is going to have me rated above a 3.8. I do. I just think loggers to me have that ceiling. 3.8 is, is what I'm giving this one. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, no, but... 3.8 for us is a, is a great score for a logger. I think my standpoint would be Rob already gave you the congrats on the 10K. You finish your 10K, you sit down. This would be a solid, like crisp, enjoyable beer to have at the end of a nice run. Yeah, and then I can't get back up after sitting down. <laughs> you know what? That we we didn't ask that. You gotta you're, you gotta you're, walk yeah, it off good. first. You you just stay and have some more beers until you can gather. The, let, the then I can't then up. I can't move anymore. Yeah. <laughs> also, well, I mean that'll it, transition well to our lightning round. Then, uh, Josh, this was the. I don't know if you read the description, but this is Ruben Select is our. Let me just repeat this real quick. Ruben Select <laughs> is our answer to our Brewmaster Adams need for a perfect weekend, sit by the fire, easy drinker, Ooh, okay, drinking so not lager. A 10, there's I'm no 10K. not sure if that's, yeah, I'm not sure if it's a run a 10K, consume a, you know, lager type I beer. Di- I have different expectations sitting by the fire, but I respect the description. Yeah, it's true. To, you, to Actually, your point, Rob. Good point. It doesn't note what do you do before you sit by the fire. You run so a 10K Andy, and then sit by the fire. Usually before sitting by the fire, there's like a long hike involved. Exactly. This is this is very similar. I'm feeling great. Yeah. All right. We are going to jump quickly over to Big Board. To be fair, it has been a while since we recorded. We took a little bit of a, uh, a break, uh, but we're coming back. Rob had kicked us off with Olympic women's water polo, which we are all somewhat close to. We all actually were on a women's water polo team as a fun fact. Uh, yes. So you, you've got that there. Yeah, that was our that was our collegiate experience. Practice uh, squad. He, yeah, <laughs> practice squad. I'll, I'll, well, thanks, Rob. We were riding high. Yeah, Rob, uh, just let us have our moment. <laughs> just let us have our moment. <laughs> we, uh, Rob, you had selected uh, Japan versus the U.S., Canada versus Australia, South Africa versus Spain, and China versus what I think we're just calling the Rock. I think we just dis- discussed that last time. It's the Russian Olympic Committee. There were some pretty big blowouts in this first round, but we actually didn't all get them right, which I found somewhat surprising. My, you know, myself and my own picks included. We will start off with Rob, who killed it, picked everything, you know, accurately. He had the U.S., who won by a, a huge margin, Australia, Spain, and The Rock. So he ended up with a 4-0 run, uh, so a great showing. Wes and I actually had the exact same pick. So we had U.S., Canada, Spain, and Rock. So we ended up at 3-1, in one, uh, given the uh, Canadian win over Australia, which... Andy, you did pick, and, and sort of you and, and Rob had the Australia pick correct, uh, but you unfortunately had China over Rock, so you ended up at two and two. Um, so- I would I would argue that West should also be two and two because he picked Russia at least in his in what's typed in here, and Russia was not at the games. It was the ROC, 
So I feel like maybe just on the little technicality, I, I shouldn't be in last place. I like that. I feel like we should save that debate for when he returns so he can defend himself. But I am more than no, it's easier to, to argue make the decision unilaterally without him here so he can't defend himself. I, I will not be making that decision, but I am more than game to pit you two head and head next week. But, I mean, shame on all of you for not picking South Africa. That's all I, I'll say. I know, I know. We have we have close relationships with multiple people affiliated with South Africa, and you just still picked against them. Do we, we have, have relationships with, with a lot of Spain? people on a lot of these teams? Not from Spain. True. Not from Spain. I've been to Spain. Oh, been there. <laughs> I've been there. Do you have a direct affiliation with someone from their water polo program? No. Mm. Exactly. All right. Well, they did win. <laughs> yes, it's because That's of your the visit. They picked up the W. Let's not deviate from what we're once. we're going. To, yeah. Okay, Rob. You know, whatever's working for you, you've got it going on. Four zero. That uh, you are. You're definitely leading the start of this season. Um, so we're going to start with you. This big board. We are going to simplify things down. Um, and I'm just personally very excited to get the NFL back kicked off. We've already started talking a little bit about fantasy. I'm sure that will come up from time to time. Uh, but I want to throw out the next NFL preseason game that is coming up. It is this Thursday. We are recording on a Tuesday, the Washington versus Patriots NFL preseason game. And Rob, with your 4-0, I'm going to throw it to you to make your initial pick. I'm going with the Washington football team. We got Wes and I at three and one. Wes is not with us today, so we will be texting him to find out his pick irregardless. But given that that sort of leaves me going next, I am actually also, given Andy's sort of thrown us off by including his pick inside of the podcast notes, I'm also actually going to go with the Washington football team. I think the Patriots have a lot to figure out, and I think Washington sort of feels like they're coming on the up and up. This is also preseason, so the Patriots aren't going to want to put all of their players out there. So I'm I'm going to take all that into account and go with Washington and throw it over to you, Andy, to, to make our final pick. So it's obvious. I'm going with the Patriots. Not so. Yeah. Against the two of you. I Ron Rivera is a great head coach, and he runs a tight ship. However, he's not Bill Belichick regardless of it being preseason. Bill doesn't care about preseason. He'll lose all the preseason games just to prove a point. Do you even know who's the starting quarterback? Like starting, like true depth chart number one quarterback for the Washington football team? Brian Fitzpatrick. Yeah, there's a couple of them, to be fair. (laughs) That's not number one then. That's 1A, 1B. Yeah, is that way you got to throw multiple quarterback, like good quarterbacks in to figure we're, out the game. We're talking plan. about practice. Yeah, we're talking about practice. <laughs> to speak to our beloved ASU head coach, talk about practice. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going Patriots, Bill Belichick, Cam Newton. All right, we will find out Wes's pick. Uh, I do not have a prediction of who we will go with, but we we will find it out and bring it to you next week. Or uh, I guess it would be the the following week after our mini, um, where we will uh, we'll talk about who who took the victory here. God, I hear lots of clicking going on in the background. Rob, is so that much you? clicking, that mouse? so much clicking with <laughs> with Rob's mouse. But that Sorry. that sort of brings us to the lightning round, and uh, because it, I do think it matches. The last time we we had a lightning round, Rob had us pick an Olympic sport uh, with a beard in hand, which. I thought was commendable and, and I thought we all did a decent job of choosing. I'm going to put a slight twist on it in that I'm going to uh, give you all, and, and I'm sure you're going to give to me two sports. And, and I would like to know the one that you feel you would do the best out after maybe six or seven IPAs. So we're, we're talking like relatively drunk, which one would you have the best chance of? I'm not even going to say Josh, at. six or seven IPAs. That's not just drunk. That's just. No, yeah. That's... Like, like, com- <laughs> like even close to competing without looking like a jackass. That is true. That That's blackout. If you're going six or seven IPAs, you're, you're approaching blackout. Like you are at blackout. <laughs> six or seven. What about no, five? Whatever the, whatever the number, you could pick a number. It doesn't matter. Whatever you feel is drunk enough. We'll, okay. we'll sort of we'll sort of use that as the standard. 
I like how Andy's stretching. He's getting yeah, ready. Like, yeah, yeah, he's like, like getting. He's like ready. The All audience right, can't see it. that I'm stretching, guys. That was the well, whole they, point. They yeah. know now. That's why I had to call it out. Back scratcher. Here we go. All right, so Josh, are we going for you first, or do you want us to go? You want one of us to go first? Why don't you guys go for me first? Oh, thank you for saying I'll, that. I'll All let right. you, you. You have the entire <laughs> Winter Olympic, Olympic, whatever you want oh, to be. Winter even Olympic. Think of winter. Oh my god. You could have gone any any direction you wanted to go on this. Oh, so. we we only went summer. Okay, we only went Summer Olympics. We we were handicapped in that way. We thought you were referring to just the most recent Olympic Games that happened. Anything you wanted to be. But I still think our picks are appropriate. Like it. So, Josh, the two sports you get to choose from about whether you to choose which one you think you'll be better at drunk. The first is men's gymnastics, pommel horse. Okay. And the second event is the track and field decathlon because we want more bang for that blackout. <laughs> decathlon is tough because it's a very long, like, yeah, am I and you have to be the drunk the whole thing? time. Yes. No, that's okay. multiple days it's, worth. It's that's multiple be... days of activities. So that means I... you have to, yeah, you got to keep it going. Yeah. That, like, you got to, like, maintain your drunkenness. Uh-huh. I like it from a drinking standpoint. I think I would be better off not having to drink for that sustained period of time and sticking with a pommel horse where I might move my arms and body a lot, but I'm not going to spin. I'm going to try to very stay very stationary, but like move my whole body a lot. <laughs> if, if, so does that make sense? Just, will you just hold yourself up on the horse? Yeah, and just, no, like, just like wiggle, like, wiggle like, as much as possible and it, like it's not going to score well but i'm also not going to like throw up versus heavily drinking and trying to do all the things that are involved in a like decathlon i will say that's a lot as we expected to put hammer throw in nope, there nope, no 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 <laughs> as expected i can't wait to watch this no yeah it's, <laughs> it's still going to be great television it's just going to be more manageable than a decathlon rob that's is there a gymnastic center in Dallas where we can make this happen. Well, now knowing that the uh, winter Olympics is also included, to be honest, I don't, I think Andy and I reserve the right to come back together, (laughs) come back, think about what would be maybe, maybe we we bring it back. Wes isn't here. We could bring this subject back next week and just like rehash it with even more opportunity. I think that might be a good idea. Okay. But that also limits you, Josh, to Summer Olympics only. It does. Yeah, Josh, are you able to to provide us with options that are only Summer Olympics this quick? Off the top of your head? I'm ready to go. Oh, okay. He's got a lot of options then. Oh, boy. Honestly, I don't have a lot of options. makes me nervous. I'm I'm just going to have to uh, adapt and overcome, if, uh, if, if that's a fair saying. I will start with Rob. Okay. Good and call. I am going to go triathlon. Okay. Or fifteen the the newest swimming event, the fifteen hundred meter freestyle swim. Damn it, Andy! I told you we should have done fifteen hundred meters swimming event. Who? Do I want to throw up in the pool <laughs> or on land? See, or on land Ooh. or. Sw- in the water or on or land. Or on land. You could pick where you throw. You could throw up in between the swim and the run. How long is the swim in a, in the triathlon? You know, to be completely honest, I didn't write that information In down. the Olympic distance, <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty short. I mean, like Ironman is like a mile or something. So it's not like the Olympic distance is shorter than like the, the Ironman length. But 1,500 meters is a lot of swimming. It's a lot of swimming. I know it took uh, Ledecky, what, 15 minutes to complete it? Yeah. It would 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 usually take me like five hours. (laughs) (laughs) An hour. Rob, I think your biggest thing is what would be the shorter duration of time? Yeah. Rob would be sober by the time the swim was done. The funny thing is the (laughs) swim in the triathlon is 1.5 kilometers. So it's 1,500 meters. All right. Yeah. So I'm doing the 1,500 meter swim. All right. 
you can throw i mean i feel like we've all done it you you throw up in the uh the, the pool side in like vegas when we did the water pool yeah but do you but if so for these longer events are you ba- are you're trying to keep the same level of drunk so you probably have to keep drinking throughout these longer events to maintain <laughs> no to, i mean you're not in the water the whole time no but i'm saying if rob's in an event where he has a 1500 meter swim versus a 1500 meter swim plus biking plus running he needs to maintain the level of drunk across all three disciplines within the triathlon so at some point he needs to continue drinking same for you, Josh. If you had selected decathlon, you'd have to keep drinking to maintain a level of drunk. Well, that is, that is I guess if if that's the case, and I'm doing the 1500 meter swim, which I am, and I will, that means that uh, even though it took take a beer break, Katie Ledecky, 15 minutes to get through that, I likely will need some sort of beer breaks, um, probably at the I'd say. Five, well, maybe like 10, 30, 50, 120, and maybe like five hour marks just to keep that drunkenness going. I respect that. And Andy, right, Josh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a, a slightly different direction for you. And I'm, I'm going I'm to say you have to drink a little bit more. Uh, you're, okay. you're not going to, to be in the types of events that I just gave to Rob, but you're in a a little bit more of like a, a danger area. So I'm going to give you discus. A lot of spinning, a lot of like throwing the like Dude. throwing and, and chuck. It, it's a lot of it's a lot going on. I'm calling foul. And then I'm going to give you archery, where you could easily just like spin around drunk and like accidentally shoot someone. <laughs> well, so there's uh so there's there's no spinning in archery thankfully correct there's not however you just have to like aim straight and not like miss the entire thing or shoot the assistant i think i could do better in discus than i could in archery drunk would you throw up after the like three point spin or do you think you would hold it together (laughs) i think i would (laughs) kind of like a sprinkler effect just as i spin just 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 release throw it gives you release the discus release the vomit at the same time and then just keep spinning because well the other thing is like you got to stay in the circle so that's that's another tough part of yeah no you You have to stay in that circle you would just trip over the edge and fall my goal is to not be dq'd from this event i still like throw a couple meters i think that i could do better in discus because if you throw it one meter, you've still thrown it forward. If you don't hit the archery target, like that, I feel like that's worse that's than true. throwing it one meter ahead of me. I can see that. So I'm going discus. And I appreciate you giving me that event, Josh. That's yeah, I think that's challenging than Rob's different. options. And so I appreciate it. It was different. That. So we will finish things off with a good, bad, or ugly of the week. Uh, who's got something for us? I uh, I do not have something right offhand, so I'm going to throw it to one of the two of you to uh, let me know what's been going on. Honestly, the last maybe two weeks, given uh, given we haven't recorded in a while. Well, Josh, I'll jump in. I have a good. So I just recently traveled back to Austin, Texas, where oh, I used saw. to live for a work trip. It was a very quick turnaround. Basically, flew in on a Monday morning. Had to leave like Wednesday afternoon. So. And was pretty work heavy, so I didn't have too much time. But I did get to visit one of my favorite breweries in Austin, Texas, Zilker Brewing. And I got to have lunch there. So I had lunch. They have a food truck called Spicy Boys just outside, like just on their property. Got some chicken from them. Got some like boneless chicken wings from them. And got a, you know, had a, had a beer from Zilker. Was just in the space. It felt really good to kind of just be back in that space and really enjoy their brewery have some good merch from them, picked up a new hat and bought new merch. Yeah. Got a new hat and bought a four pack and got to travel home with it. So I still have two Zilker beers left from Austin, Texas that I'm debating when I want to drink them. I want to drink them kind of soon. So probably by this weekend I'll I'll have finished them, but that was definitely good to get back to go to, to Austin, even if it was a really short trip and to visit one of my favorite breweries. So that's my good. And 
Josh also threw out a good, uh, so I was recently in San Diego, uh, visiting some family and, uh, it was my niece's first birthday and my brother and sister-in-law had featured a, a Pacifico keg for the birthday party, which was just amazing. I love that you said that they featured it. Oh, they yeah, featured exactly. it. It's like, it's like you went to an event and that was like oh, the sponsor. That's what it felt like. The two features of a of a child's birthday party are alcohol and 100%, smash cakes. Yeah, it's it's for and the adults. Both were there present, and yeah, it was awesome. So, really, uh, really enjoyed that, and uh, always great to just enjoy some Pacifico if it's you know poolside or beachside, which certainly got to enjoy this weekend. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you fit in some other San Diego beers while you were there. Just, you know, just a, a couple. couple. Yeah, a few. I might have mentioned, so my good is definitely I, over the last couple of weeks, I've been moving back to the Dallas area. And while I love my time in Colorado, there's just a lot more beer available across the country in this area. Um, and so I, I've gone to the, the beer shops that I enjoy a couple of times, been able to find a whole lot of things that I hadn't been able to get my hands on. And honestly, I've just been enjoying the variety and I'm close to Rob. So we can, uh, we can start to enjoy more beers in person, which will be, uh, will be great. I'm in. Let's do it. And with that, we will finish this thing out the only way we know how to with a peace. 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 peace.